Yeah. You do. I love it. You've got a, you've got a real like broadcast as always. It's good. Yeah. We're putting on the. <laughs> the wow. Yeah. You've got a great wow. voice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What's uh, your radio voice? Hi, everybody. I'm uh, Jai. <laughs> <laughs> Jai goes from like normal to like, hi everybody, I'm Jai. Welcome to Maker Creator. Uh, <laughs> it's like someone's just, what's that? Snorty mix, snort face. I'm and then sick. someone like Hi everyone and welcome to Maker and Creator, the podcast about creativity and culture and how it affects us. My name is Jai Smith and I'm joined as always with my co-host Alex Adams. Hi Jai, how are you? <laughs> I'm Hi good. Jai, how are you? I'm, I'm bloody great Alex, you know, uh, <laughs> just trying to slow down and <laughs> talk like a real man this episode. I will lower my voice for the radio. <laughs> we were just having a chat off air about um, how as soon as we get a microphone in front of us, <laughs> our voices change. We do, we do. Speaking about change, that's a good segue, <laughs> I don't know. So, um, Alex, as you may know, uh, I've been heavily invested in uh, motorcycle culture for about 10 years now. Yes. But then I went to Hong Kong and then I sold my prize and my prize, my pride and joy, <laughs> my Harley. And I think the thing that I didn't realize that kind of motorcycle culture was giving me was kind of this outlet to say cars and motorcycles aren't utilitarian. You can do what you want. They represent who you are. They are a massive extension of kind of what you want, but also they're just a fuckload of fun. Mm-hmm. And I've been investing in, lately in a Ducati Scrambler, which is a cool little bike. Probably the best way to describe it is halfway between a dirt bike and a street bike. Mm-hmm. And recently I was working with not only with the guys from Sol Invictus, who is a brand new uh, motorcycle custom workshop house, but also with James Sinclair, who's joining us tonight. Uh, and James is a steel fabricator. Actually, all metal fabricator. Is that the best way to put this? <laughs> yeah, correct. Um, fabricator of all things. Aluminium, steel, stainless steel. Yeah, anything that can be welded and manipulated. I try and People and their souls and yeah. their, their wheels. <laughs> Why not? But actually, this is where you know the, the, the phrase maker and creator came from, the idea that, and I've really got to get back to Hong Kong one day to interview this guy, but I met... Glass blowers, I met art like painters. And then the couple of episodes I've released on the slides, the bonus episodes with barbering, with tattooists, mm-hmm. this idea that maker culture, in the, in this, this culture around using your hands to make things that didn't previously exist, is going through this huge renaissance. And me and you spend our time, well, I spend my time in PowerPoint, you spend your time in. Yeah, well, we make things, but uh, we don't physically make things. Like my fingers are sore from typing. Look look at these these fingers. I actually (laughs) thought I was getting arthritis today. (laughs) I was like, Lauren, look, am I getting arthritis? We're those people all of a sudden. But James, like, tell us, tell us about how you got into this because we're, I think we're exactly the same age. Thirty three, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is really unusual. So we're all all the same age, Mm. and then I'm like. You've, we all you've take done some good stalking. Right, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew about you and your girlfriend. Yeah. I said that before, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, I've revealed too much about the interview." <laughs> no, you, you've got to do your background yeah. research. You've got Tell to us know where you grew topic. up. How did you get here? <laughs> okay, so I grew up in a place just down south of Sydney called the Sutherland Shire, uh, God's country. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> Here we go. The uh, the stigma begins. <laughs> That's all good though, um, because 
you know, once I was 18, I left there. I had to get out of there and I left the bridge, left the Shire and went over the bridge and, <laughs> you know, saw saw a bit of uh, the rest of the world and, and that inspired me to, to kind of move out of the Shire mm-hmm. for a while. But now I've kind of headed back there in that direction and, and set up a bit of a workshop there and, yeah, so I I started off what with motorbikes playing around mm-hmm. when I was uh quite young me and my mates we used to get push bikes yep and put uh whipper snipper motors that really? we would find <laughs> what on on the the council cleanup onto them and then yeah ride them around the suburbs and stuff so that so you'd motorize them like the electric push bikes you see around now kind of okay. kind of they who were, taught you how to do this well the funny thing was Back then, there was there was really no looking at YouTube or yes. anything for yeah. for instructional videos. So, uh, one of my mates actually found one yeah. on the throwout, which was a front wheel driven uh, uh, chain chainsaw powered type uh, motorized bike, and then we kind of reverse engineered that one, and then created some rear wheel drive ones and. Yeah, so so you've always I, been good with engines and motors and well, I I used to fiddle around in in dad's shed. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to yeah, put out the yeah. euphemism here. Oh, but, yeah. Come on now, <laughs> think think what you will. Um, no, I used to you know play with wood. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, no, no. timber and uh, I was going to sk- say like skateboards and sk- do- skate ramps and. You know, mucking around with the push bikes and the motorized bikes, and then that kind of led on to to learning how to weld in high school. And then, yeah, my parents had always kind of said, "No, you cannot have a motorcycle." Um, <laughs> so I'll build my own fucking motorcycle, yeah. mum and dad. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the the passion was kind of acquired early on. Um, the riding was. Was definitely one thing, but I always loved like Meccano sets and mm. Lego and and just creating things and you know building things and then destroying them and yep. you know like uh, plastic models and remote control cars and all sorts of things. Anything with an engine, anything that went fast, anything that's loud, anything that smells of fuel, anything that's going to annoy your neighbours. <laughs> yeah. I'm in, James I'm into is there. It. I'm into it. So, so have you always been a fabricator? Like, or is this a recent thing? Okay. So back when I was in high school, as I said, I did a bit of welding, you know, in industrial arts. Mm-hmm. One of my, my major project was disappointingly only <laughs> a, a metal workbench. <laughs> So I learned how to weld welding the workbench, <laughs> but I still have that workbench now well, there you go. in cool. in the workshop. It's Is a, that the one I've seen? We put, it, it, put well, our coffees the other day. It's actually cut down into the <laughs> welding trolley that I'm using. So, yep. yeah, sentimental value there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I then actually like left high school, you know, went into retail and I worked in fashion retail. I actually studied a little bit of like clothing production. Really? Yep. There you go. <laughs> and then um, 
after that, you know, I've got heavily into the music scene and and then started working at JB Hi-Fi. I've met someone who knows you through that link. There you go. So I was at JB Hi-Fi for 10 years and working on bikes on the side heavily for the last kind of five of those years. I was always, you know, riding motorcycles during that time. Um, but the modifications got more intense and yeah, I got gradually more and more heavily into the, the modification side to the point where I was, uh, you know, I, I reckon it was probably eight years ago. I thought this, this is what I love doing. I need to you know, put some steps in place to, to make my passion my my way of life so yeah i've i've done that now wow yeah so, so this is your big leap into doing what you love sort of 100 percent. and how long has that been so i've stepped out on my own at the end of january in this, oh so it was literally when year. we started speaking when you moved to that new space yeah i was in st peter's mm-hmm. for probably three months mm-hmm. of that time and then uh yeah we've been down um in kiriwee since april it sounds like you've been a creative since a young kid, like at an early age. So playing, you were saying like playing with Lego, playing with blocks, always like wanting to make something. Do you think school, like I know school is right for some people, but it's not right for others. Do you think that um, the current education system, I guess, or what you went through was very nurturing towards people who were creatives in different aspects or I mean obviously there was the um, like I remember going and doing woodwork and I we never did any welding at my school no, maybe I didn't take that elective but um, you know there were definitely different like different electives that you could do if you had a passion in that so whether it was you know drama we even had agriculture at my school we could have an really? ag plot and learn where did you go to school? In Broken Hill, uh, in the Outback. So yeah. it was like an Outback town. There's a lot of farmers and people around. So we had like agriculture. Mm. Anyway, I digress. What I wanted to know was, um, do you think that growing up, school was nurturing for creatives in this sort of industry that you wanted to get into? Well, school, I, I wouldn't say really uh, helped me get to where I've got to now. Mm. Um I did definitely excel a bit more in, in in the subjects that were more creative, yeah. yeah, or where I had a good relationship with the teacher, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, other subjects, maybe maths and I hated math. Oh, I English just sucked at it. Fuck my. You know, but everyone yeah. put so much prestige around I know. maths. It was and like all I did was fuck my UAI. Yes, same. <laughs> oh, I hate that stupid. Yeah. Totally. I hate thinking about UAIs again. <laughs> I know. I hate to bring up school, but I just think it's, you know, there's, you know, people. No, it's the right question. Did yeah. It, did it help or hinder but, your Help or hinder. Your and also for people who might have kids coming through school as well, knowing that, you know, if they're not right at English and maths, don't worry. Maybe they are a creative and maybe there's other avenues that they're not getting in the system. I yeah. don't know. I think the, the flip side to my previous comment is the first welder I ever used was at school. Yeah. Yeah. And I did learn a lot about the design process at school. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I, it wait, did wait, have a lot to do. Which school did you go to? So it was Guymere Technology High School. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. I went to Caring Bar. And yeah, I think okay. all the Shire schools had a good 
industrial arts program. Like they were very open about giving you the tools and giving you teachers from people who really gave a shit, you know, because they were just like people who truly understood craft and manufacturing, mm. you know, on a, on a bit of a different level. But just before we get too far ahead of ourselves, how do you explain what you do and what fabrication is overall? Well, when somebody asks me what I do, I generally tend to say I build stuff for bikes. Or that's, that's, that's a really good way to put yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> for motorcycles. Yeah. 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 But that being said, I can do I can build stuff for push bikes as oh. well. Oh. Built a few sets of handlebars for push bikes and little yeah. baskets and really yeah okay, like, you cool. seem like a basket weaver yeah. <laughs> surfboard racks and that kind oh, of stuff. oh cool yeah. my friend that, Donna has one of those you should yeah. get one of those yeah I don't I don't I don't live close enough <laughs> to ride them this is why you need a motorcycle again yeah to put a motor, uh, surfboard rack on the could side. you do that could you do a modification on a, a Vespa and put a surfboard rack on that yes yeah yes. cool okay. yeah. sorry go on I cut you off. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, like, how do you explain it to people? Well, yeah, so I build stuff for bikes. A lot of people have ideas and and have an idea about what they want to do to their bike, but mm. they don't feel confident in or have the ability or the tools to to actually to do that. Yeah. So, you know, it's. It's one thing to change a bike, but it's another thing to to really design a bike quite quite well or to not to upset the the bike itself because I mean the the standard engineers for you know Honda and yeah. Harley Davidson and Yamaha a lot goes into their their design process yeah. everything has to work really well. Excuse my naivety, but are these you're creating things that aren't on the rack, like they're not on the shelf. You can't just say, "Hey Honda, can you add me on this part?" Like, why would someone have to come to you to so create this? There, there's a lot of um, aftermarket products out there for um, for motorcycles, you know, especially Harley Davidsons. Yeah, you can walk into a dealership and get an off the shelf exhaust system or an off off the shelf set of aftermarket handlebars. Mm-hmm. But not everybody actually wants that. A lot of people have their own design ideas in mind. Okay. And like like fashion itself, people like to accessorize and individualize their their motorcycle as an accessory, as an extension of themselves almost. But if they're not an expert, do you ever get people come to you and be like, Okay, I really want to add this element, and you look at it and go, "Mate, like, don't if it's not broke, don't fix it." Like, that's, that's oh, or that's not going to work. <laughs> of course, yeah, of course. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I do have to question some people's uh, motives as to to what they want to do. At times. and also the safety, right? Like, you've got to keep in mind oh, if people want to do a modification that's not going to make 100%, the bike safe. A hundred percent. Everything that I do doesn't really affect the engineering of the motorcycle. So it's more superficial sort of stuff. Well, it's it tends to be more cosmetic. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, cosmetic stuff. Yeah. Like give me an example. Like what? Well, so, what are you getting so done, literally, I, yeah, so, I so, so seats, um, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. exhaust systems, handlebars, aluminium uh, bodywork. We could 
completely restyle a bike with with customized bolt-on accessories. Yeah. Yeah. So what we've done with Jai's bike was basically made some custom aluminium bodywork, a front section, uh, mounted some auxiliary lights on the side, and made a like a unibody tail section, which is it's completely transformed the bike. Like we've we've taken some of the existing lines of the motorcycle, and then um, Jai's wanted to added his own flair with a, an industrial, um, I'd say, post-apocalyptic oh. um, bit of a crossover into his design with some some sharp edges. Look, yeah. Jay, how did you even know you wanted that, though? Had you w- looked on Instagram and so, ma- motorcycle magazines and seen other bikes that have been customised like that? So it literally, so if you look at that photo there, I'll put something in this photo. Oh. But everything that's steel is his, but you can then there's lights on the like side. Like that front bit there? Yeah. So, so it makes it look a little bit Mad Maxi? A Mad, Mad Maxi? Yeah. So that yeah. is exactly the word that kept coming up. Mad so Max. yeah. I knew I wanted something super aggressive in terms of, I'd ridden Harleys. I didn't like the fact that every cafe racer, which is, you know, your your bike you'll see everywhere that looks you yeah. know, quite. And we'll post a picture um, on the Eat, Drink, Play articles so you yeah. guys can actually see what we're talking about. But, you know, when I came and talked to James, I think the best thing was that with that creative process, I'm like, here's what I'm thinking. And then he took it a step further and said, "Do you, but what do you really mean is this? And kind of when we talk, started talking about like, here's a really nerdy reference for you, talk, started talking about a game called Mech Warrior. And that's like a (laughs) – but Mad Max is a better reference. So, like, imagine a bike that was designed, you know, to be quite an aggressive-looking utilitarian in the sense of it had to function, it has to be multi-purpose, multi-terrain to really – to really set it apart because I didn't, like James said, I didn't want to go to, there are lots of brands who make things for Ducati. Ducati mm-hmm. is like almost as big as Harley Davidson in terms of, it would have to be the, the second most famous bike in the world. You can spend lots of money and you can go outside and find three bikes that looks the same. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I want, a, I, want a, I want a Mad Max bike. Yeah. I want it as black as hell. I want too many lights on it. Mm. I want it to feel aggressive as possible. It should look like a BMX that has been, you know, yeah. put together in yep. like from not scrap parts, but put together for much more aggressive, almost combative purposes. I didn't really want the bike to come across like a, a post-apocalyptic style. I wanted it almost to be like a factory Mad Max. Like these were made style. for yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So they've mm, come off okay. like the the iRobot yeah. construction line, uh, you know, ready for for robots to go to battle on yeah. or something. So okay, rather, rather than it. the it's, scrap yeah. piece, you yeah. see? Yeah. And that's and, and such a it's such a huge difference, but the words you use to talk about it are so important. Like the difference between it's not scrap, it's made to do this. Okay, this is so much more creative than I thought it was. <laughs> I think at first I was like, I don't get, you know, I get you're making things, but I don't understand the creative process. So it's kind of like, you know, as a kid when you've got your own pushy and you're like you put stickers on it or you add like you put those streamers streamer on handlebars <laughs> and you add your basket and it's like the grown-up adult version of that for bikes. Pretty much. Yeah, because everyone, you're right, it comes down to identity, right, and how you share your identity through the toys that you own. I think for this one, like, there's a huge, you know, with, with Harley-Davidson and having owned one before, there is an expectation that it's modified, but the expectation I'd say is 50%. You don't, you don't leave it stock. You kind of put a few bits and pieces on it. 
if you're really into Harley, you'll go and have something made for it. Mm-hmm. With Ducati, you you don't see many, you know, maybe what five, ten percent of them that have a real modification job through them. And what's yours? Ducati. This is a Ducati, yeah. which is a it's an Italian luxury brand that represents the 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 uh, the highest uh, highest um, caliber of like racing. So it's a true racing bike. You know, yeah. it's it's. It's Italian Ferrari design. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's Ferrari of motorbikes. Mm. But for me, I wanted to strip this thing down and get it back to well, what what would Ducati be in two thousand and fifty when we fuck the world? Yeah. Ducati's still making <laughs> bikes, but they're making them for people who need to stay alive. <laughs> and what's your creative process, James? When someone comes to you with a brief like this, <laughs> well, what what do you do? <laughs> crazy Jai yeah. leaves it there. So ultimately the the goal with Jai was that he was going to come down, we were going to have a chat about what he wanted to do and then kind of take it from there. But there was a bit of a spanner thrown in the works. He came down and we had a bit of a chat and then he just ended up leaving the bike and was like, all right, go for it. I'll give you, you free creative control. I've seen what you do and, yeah, I like it. Sounds so that great. doesn't happen as often? Well, a lot of people will – go through things a little bit more or generally want things done to a certain style. Um, I have actually had probably three or four customers now like Jai that are that really want something completely custom and individual, something that, that nobody else has. And to answer your question, it's a pretty hard process with some people actually working out exactly what they want Mm. because without using you know a lot of reference pictures of things that already exist Mm. or not everybody has um you know cad drawings of of what they want or the ability to to draw it in cad or to even draw it in in freehand yeah so here's my pinterest board yeah (laughs) Um, a lot of um, inspiration pictures yeah. is what I'll I'll generally do with people, and I mean a lot of what I'm doing is normally, you know, more standard stuff like sissy bars, but people do, um, you know, I do try and push people to to be a little bit creative, to be a little bit unique, and to to get something that is a little bit more personalized to what they want rather than something generic. If you want something generic, I reckon, you know, jump on eBay or yeah. jump into your Harley dealership or your mm. Ducati dealership and just get something bolt on. But so basically at the start of this year, I did a little trial of uh, microdosing mm-hmm. and just found that my problem solving and creativity and just overcoming, um, you know, fabrication problems was um, completely different. I just, you know, found myself at one with the metal. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't say I do it all the time, mm. um, but if if ever I've got a really challenging job on, something that I am just completely stuck on, um, on that day, I'll take a very small dose of magic mushrooms. Really? Yeah. So 0.1 grams. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Real so, small. Yeah, tiny. So you can't even really feel it in your system or anything, but 
Just gives you that little edginess. Well, it basically lets me get in the zone and completely overcome and work out the the problem and how I'm going to solve it. Wow. So that that's really that cool. is an an eye opening uh, use of a substance and a substance that is uh, uh, pretty amazing. You've got a lot of tattoos. And I wouldn't say a lot. I've nice. just got a couple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, do you? So it's a similar process. I think most tattooers go through. And and, and again, I've had a chance to interview uh, my tattooist back in Hong Kong. But he says this almost word for word the same thing. People come to me with X. I ask, is it really X that you want? Because I want to take it over here. Go through the creative referencing process. When. You go through that process, getting tattoo work done. Do you find that is easier for you or harder for you in in what you can imagine? I feel like it's easier for me because I know exactly what I want and I'm pretty good at at communicating what I have in my head. And what's your advice then for people who want to – who either want to get custom work done, who want to just work with a creative full stop. Like what, what would be your three things that, you know, someone walks in and says, I want some custom work done. What do you kind of tell them? Or well, what do what you tell them to take with them? Well, I mean, I'd like to say that a good idea is to know what you want, but I mean, a lot of people don't know what they want. Uh, one thing that I'd say is, is don't be defined by what's already out there. Yeah. Um, Feel free to be creative. <coughs> um, sometimes it's not really worthwhile reinventing the wheel, but at the end of the day, I feel like the crazier that you want to go, the, the better it is for the culture because it's it's more individual. Yeah. Speaking about culture, I mean, we're all about creativity and how it shapes us and our culture. Um, the guys from Young Henry's, we had them on, and oh. they have a really distinct culture that they've sort of um, nurtured through their brand. Like they live and breathe their culture. Um, are there similar, like have you got certain brands that you really like that you sort oh, of resonate question. with? Yeah. And it doesn't, no, I'm not talking about just to Motorcycle, motorcycles, but, but just like yeah. lifestyles like, you know, um, uh, Oscar really loves Levi's or, you know, like I talked about different <laughs> brands that he really likes. Yeah, look, as far as brands go, I I tend to like the the smaller, more unique brands rather than the the bigger, more commercial brands that are, you know, shoved down your face. So more unique kind of handcrafted products mm-hmm. I kind of lean to. Like what? Um well, I mean if if we're talking about bikes, I would say like Shinya Kimura's handiwork so all of his hand-built stuff is absolutely amazing a lot of the japanese um craftsmen um, making bike stuff and a lot of the indonesian and american bike builders as well they're really um lifting the game drink of choice uh your beer man well yeah if if i was to say beer (laughs) Oh, I'd have to say Asahi, proper Japanese Well, that's Asahi. a big brand. It's a great beer. Yeah. Like, it's a very good beer. Like, um, locally, Young Henry's yeah. has amazing uh, beer. They're um, 
did they just release that motorcycle oil yes. one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so we that, should be so, drinking that. I feel like. so. <laughs> my local pub has just um, started. Give it a shout out. The Nelson Hotel. The, 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 the Nelson Hotel. <laughs> it's uh, so good. Yeah, they've <laughs> they've I've just. Uh, oh, it's really good. We'll go one time. Uh, started. Uh, with the motorcycle oil on tap, and I had that the other day, and that was pretty it's a stout, choice. isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. It's it's a darker beer, so so that was. Um, what about clothing? Good. You've got an RVCA shirt on. I've, I love everything okay. they do, but clothing it's the wise, last thing I thought you'd, you'd have on to be honest. Like. <laughs> clothing wise, I just destroy all of my clothes, <laughs> and whatever I buy ends up in the workshop clothes section within six months. Yep. So. Mm. I do end up buying a lot of uh, shirts, T-shirts and stuff from a lot of the local shows yep. or shops um, or groups or other individuals that are making um, yeah. products. So, for example, um, Sydney Cafe Races is a group. I've bought a lot of their merch and won a lot oh, of their merch over yeah, the years. Yeah, I have to check it out. I'm a member of the group. I've just never bought anything from yep. them. Yeah. Um, what else do I wear a lot of? I wear oh. a lot of brewery shirts. I've discovered. Like, <laughs> I I love merch as a as a I matter know, of fact. I notice you do. I tend um, to buy a lot of teas when I'm traveling as well. So I visit motorcycle shops overseas see, that's and cool, and, yeah. and buy all the shirts, and then they end up being workshop shirts. Yeah. And yeah. As far as fashion goes these days, I've kind of um, taken a step back and. Just wear all of my old clothes that now inevitably end up yeah. looking hipsterish and cool. And I guess. Cool. Yeah. Except for date night, right? Maybe you've got like a non-greasy yeah. oil oh, 100%. stain shirt I'll, I'll, when you take the he's missus got out. The one yeah. shirt. Him and his partner—it's a shirt and a plastic bag. It's, it's honestly it's not far James. from that. <laughs> if you look at all the fo- yeah. formal photos of me and the girlfriend on dates, I tend to be in the same same clothes all the time. So. Well, everyone laughs at me at work because, like, I'll get like general pants will have a sale, and I'll buy the same pair of jeans again, thirty two, thirty two news, yeah, and then like more of the like this shirt came out of plastic today, and like, ah, oh, you do have one. a bit of a uniform, I do, but I like that, and a lot of uh, creatives do have apparently, uniforms, yeah. apparently, cool. Um, what was my other question? Oh, my other question I had for you was, how many bikes do you own? At the moment, I have three. Okay. So one is registered and riding. I've had that bike for about seven, maybe eight years. And the other two are works in progress. So my shovel head has the engine out at the moment. Wow. That's getting a bottom end rebuild because the uh, the crank bearing crankcase bearing gave way and oh, I'm just, happens. Yeah. yeah it chewed <laughs> out the case bear. and, and now that, that that's getting <laughs> that's getting re-sleeved and pinned and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And my GSXR Are you got a GSXR? Yeah. Really? Uh, an old one, nineteen eighty eight. Wow. So yeah, I'm getting that ready for the road, but that's mm. gonna be like a street slash drag slash track. Bike, there are so. going to be so many listeners out there who are like frothing on all this chat, and then there are going to be so many that are like, I don't even yeah, know I, what's yeah. happening in this episode. <laughs> I, I, th- I think so. <laughs> so, last question for me. Look, what, because we do, what I've discovered is we have a lot of people who listen to us who are trying to make that leap from this is what I'm doing on the site to this is what I want to do full time, including myself. Like, I mean, through doing this podcast back in May, 
I made the leap. I can't remember who it was we talked to, but it was one person who I'm like, no, I've got to fucking do this. And like, even as recently as today, I had to have a couple of harder conversations where I'm like, no, this is what I want to do. And actually a lot about what you told me, Alex, where it's like, this is what I love doing. And this is what I can do to make money. And those two things aren't always the same. In fact, they're very rarely the same, but what, what was your advice to somebody who's, you know, not, not even stuck, but who has a dream and they're, they're waiting for something to give them a sign make that next leap what would it be i mean it's super cliche to to say chase your dreams and you know follow your heart and just do it and all that kind of um typical stuff but at the end of the day for me what really got me was at christmas every year yeah catching up with family and then just being like yep no i'm still doing the same thing um. Oh, what do you want to do, James? Oh, yep. I still want to chase my dreams. I still <coughs> want to, you know, work on bikes, blah, blah, blah. And one of my mum's sisters, uh, her partner would always say to me, so James, uh, how's things going? And I'd be like, yeah, quite good. And he'd be like, so you still want to work on bikes? And I'll be like, yep. Yeah. And he's like, so how many customers you got? You know, do you reckon you could do it, etc. And I thought, you know what, I just, I just can't deal with this conversation at Christmas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so this is gonna be the fucking year. Amazing. That is yeah. the best thing. That is, that that is, is the best, best fucking advice. You're sick of those shitty conversations yeah, at yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Just go fucking and do it. You know, like I've <laughs> obviously been working for other people my whole life, and yeah. It just, I just got sick of talking about it and not actually doing it. And yeah. I thought, righto, I'm, I need to do it. So I just put notice in for work. I gave like seven weeks notice. That was qu- quite a long time to yeah. set a few things up. And that's no, smart. Yeah, it just took the plunge. I, I did, you know, build it up on the side for probably two, two and a half years uh-huh. before I did it. And, yeah, I think you're always going to think that you're never ready. Yeah. Like, it's so easy <laughs> to think, oh, just around the corner or or next year or next month or next week or after the next pay. Yeah. But yeah. At, at the end of the day, you know, no matter what you're earning, you're going to spend it all. Or, well, I will anyway. So <laughs> I've de- definitely... um. Stood down a little bit in terms of pay, but I I love every day. I haven't worked a day since I've been uh, Mate, pursuing amazing. my dreams. So yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for the opportunity to build something cool and and to talk about it too. No, nah, mate, it's been incredible. And look, I I can firsthand vouch for your work, and you know I'm obviously ecstatic with what we're doing. So I'll post all those pictures soon. Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna get some modifications on my fixie. Yeah, you should yeah. totally yeah, yeah. fix it. Sissy bar. Spoky dokes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, I want wait, some wait. trick pegs. A bonus question. Okay. What the fuck does spread cheese mean? Oh. You need to give me the real Sorry, story. What? Spread cheese. That's the na- yeah. You know what I realized? We've gone through this whole episode. I haven't said the name of his fucking company. It's oh, spread cheese fabrication. Called, wait, spread cheese. Spread cheese fabrication. Okay. Yeah. So, and he gave me the dodgiest answer last time. Like I walked out thinking that wasn't yeah. the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it goes a little something like this. When I was twenty, I was traveling around Europe with some mates with an English mate of ours, and he used to always 
uh, go and say before we went out, okay, let's come on, let's go and fucking spread the cheese then. <laughs> and so we'd be like, we'd be like, dude, what's what's spread the cheese? And he'd be like, okay, you know, to to spread the cheese is to go and have a good time and and spread the love and <laughs> and whatnot. And then so I I came back and created a, an email with spread the cheese at Gmail. Yeah, <laughs> and then. I thought of a thousand names to to create motorbike parts under, and they all just sounded really boring, like you know, a motorcycle garage name generator, diesel, <laughs> petrol, gasoline, <laughs> uh, fuel garage. You know what I mean? <laughs> Iron, steel, and liquid. Exhaust gas. Yeah. So <laughs> spread cheese is very different. Yeah, All, also, also melting metal is uh, yeah, kind, yeah. That's what I thought kind of like spreading the yeah. cheese. Um, yeah. So, and plus there's not that many other metal fabricators called spread I cheese. I don't think there is. So, yeah, awesome. pe- people tend to remember it. Yeah, good. All right, thank you very much, Take mate. it easy. Where can people... Oh, yeah, I was going to say, where can if people want to find out more about Spread Cheese, are you on Instagram? Or yeah, is it, so yeah. jump on Instagram, follow... Oh, yeah, Spread Cheese Fabrications. Spread there you go. Spread Cheese Fabrications. And Sadly, there's no pictures of cheese on here at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to... Add one. Add some cheesy pics. <laughs> like add some uh, foodie followers. Um, well, thank you so much, James, for coming on. And cool. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for listening. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, why don't you share it with your friends? Uh, we're into season two, so go back, check out some of the older episodes, and uh, we'll be back next week. Nice. Thank you, guys. Bye. 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 Thanks. Cheers.